Hi, pals. Welcome to Leaders Learning, a podcast of conversations with great leaders. I'm the host, Blaine Hill. About halfway through 2020, I wanted to hear from really strong leaders about how they are leading in the many challenges of the year. This podcast is the result of those conversations. Hey, quick favor to ask of you. Could you subscribe to this podcast? Maybe review it on iTunes. Five stars, please and thank you. And if there's a guest you really like, please share it with someone who would enjoy it. Today, I'm glad to welcome the Reverend James Cuby, the evangelist and founding pastor of Foundation Presbyterian Church in the Dutch Fork area of Irmo, South Carolina. Pay attention to how James calls us to the regular practices of the Christian faith, especially to prayer. He is an interesting study on how much of the church has come to grips with learning to use social media as an essential ministry tool. James, welcome to Leaders Learning. Twenty twenty has had a lot of surprises for everybody. Have you been particularly surprised by anything in the church? I think I've been surprised in a couple of ways. And one is just pleasantly and delightedly surprised by the way that church leaders and membership um, have banded together, and perhaps especially the way that the church leaders have. I think we all sense that we are in the same boat and that we don't quite know where the shore is <laughs> and how long we're going to be on this ride. And so we're, we're looking for solutions together. That's, that's been, um, maybe it shouldn't surprise me, but it's just, it's been a pleasant discovery that it's kind of, we are united, more united in this kingdom work because we know how difficult this time is. We're, we're not thinking as much about um, sort of, me and my church or we and our church. So that's, that's been something that's been, I think, pleasantly surprising. Um, but maybe surprising in a, um, more concerning way has been, um, in conversations with some, some church leaders about really just trying to hold on until the other side of this crisis or these crises. I mean, we're really, we're kind of walking through several of them. Um, just trying to hold on um, or just being focused on the numbers and the giving, those kinds of essential things that we've all got to keep an eye on and not asking the question, what is God doing in this time? Um, how is God speaking to us through this pandemic, um, through social unrest, through understandable demands for justice? Um, and I'm, I'm not a, Calvinist in the sense of believing that God is kind of in meticulous control of, of everything that is happening. But I think we would be foolish to say that God is not speaking to us in this time. So um, that's my hope for pastors in this time is that um, if, if they haven't started to ask that question, if they haven't gone to God in prayer in a dedicated way, trying to figure out, Lord, you know, what do you want from me? What do you want from us? And how can I speak that? and live into that with our people, um, I, w- I would encourage pastors in that way. It's interesting to think, uh, to expand that beyond pastors as well, uh, to anybody who's uh, trying to live their life following after Jesus. W- what does this new situation mean? Yes, absolutely. I mean, one of the other things that c- comes to mind is 
the extent to which families and individuals have to direct their spiritual life and not depend maybe as much on the church to provide that for them. So like a good example is just for now, we, we can't do Sunday school with children in the way that we'd been doing it up until COVID. And so as a church leader, I'm trying to find ways to get our parents even more equipped to do that work at home. Um, and I think that's also true for individuals. I mean, we've, the days are bleeding into one another. And um, I think that's as true for us as it is for our members, but um, getting our members resources to develop healthy boundaries um, and spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices. I mean, I was talking just a moment ago about what I think God is saying in this time. I think, I think one of the things that he's saying is we need to return to those kind of basic practices of, of prayer, of silence, of waiting. Um, I think this is a time when we're being provided that so that we can listen for God and so that we can go deeper and, and push away the distractions that um, have gotten in the way of, of walking and abiding with him. Well, let me ask, how, how have you personally done that? Firmed up your practices? <laughs> it's been a struggle. I mean, I, I include myself. Um, I really believe, you know, God is using this time to reveal us, um, as kind of who we are to reveal, um, who we are and to prepare a way forward. And so that, that's been as true in my own life and just finding new rhythms of being in prayer at the beginning of the day, um, even for a short amount of time where I'm really just quiet and waiting and in scripture and then finding time during the day where I'm really not doing anything um, that's related to work or to the work of starting a new church. And as, as you know, Blaine, um, the work of ministry is difficult and it's, it, it's not a nine to five call uh, or vocation. Church planting, you know, having worked in a, in a established church before going into church planting, it just, I can attest it's, it's, it's hard charging kind of work. And part of that really excites me, but, it is very easy in that kind of entrepreneurial forward leaning work to lose track of of those spiritual disciplines where you're you're slowing down for loving union with Jesus Christ so that you're really you're leading and you're speaking and you're present with your people and your family um, in such a way that for the most part they are seeing Jesus we hope that they are um, and so it's definitely been a struggle, especially since COVID touched down, because I think like many church leaders, I definitely, I was busy before, but I feel like I've been twice as busy after. And there have been at least a couple of moments where I really sense the Lord saying, it is time to stop for a few days. And um, and you guys, of course, have been a great help in that. My family's been a great help in that too, so. That's good. Have you found some ways to intentionally not only lead the people who are now part of your congregation, but to reach into, into the community to encourage people uh, to those kinds of disciplines and practices? Yeah. So the primary way that, that I've done that was that shortly after COVID touched down, I knew that we couldn't stand all of our ministry, all of our outreach on the head of Sunday morning. 
and that we needed to find other ways during the week to invite people in to go deeper in the spiritual disciplines of reading scripture, reading it together, praying, praying together. And so we did a couple of things. I started up a Wednesday morning um, online kind of Facebook live event called At Home with the Rev. So I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce and Rotary. And almost from the beginning, they kind of call me the Rev. Hey, it's the Rev. So I thought, well, let's just, (laughs) let's go with that name. And every Wednesday morning at 10 minutes, at 10 a.m., I do at home with the Rev on Facebook Live, and then it's available later. And we started with just basically two solid months of teaching on prayer. Like, what is it? How do you do it? Um, you know, trying to answer the question, Lord, teach us how to pray. Like, how should we pray? I just thought that that is the place to begin in all of this. Let's learn again how to do it. Let's seek God in prayer. And then we also started up Bible studies. We had a couple of Bible studies during the summer, and we held them in the evening over Zoom. And I'd, I'd wanted us to be in that in that rhythm, that discipline of, of small group Bible study fellowship together before, um, and we just weren't ready. And it, it really took this crisis and the opportunity of meeting and having fellowship, even on Zoom, to get to that point. So those are a couple of ways that we've we've tried to we tried to do that to equip people to to walk with and abide with Jesus. It's so interesting to hear you, hear you say that because I know having worked with you for 2 years, you your original hope was to create those kinds of Bible studies in small groups when you started. <laughs> that, that was the first thing you thought you were going to do. Yeah, absolutely. 2 years and one pandemic later. <laughs> here you are. We're finally there. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's the you and I were talking yesterday. We were basically talking about you know, what do you hope for in this next year? Like, what what is your plan? And, you know, you helpfully reminded me that, you know, there's the plan that you've made, and then there's the timing that God has. And, you know, as somebody who wants to work and be used by God with a team of amazing people to, to start a new church, there's sort of a picture in your head of how it should go and how quickly you would love it to go. And, what you feel like, we've got to have this in place, first of all. Um, and then there's God's timing in all of it. And uh, you have to have the good sense and the good grace to be able to back off and say, yeah, that's a great thing. That would be wonderful if we could have it now. Um, but the timing's just not there. And and so right now we're in this, this strange COVID time, and God has used it to, to draw us together and to create this this um, small group fellowship that I've wanted for for some time. Right. It reminds me of, well, there are a number of stories in scripture where uh, God has a plan for something and Moses is going to be the leader. And so needs to go out into the desert for several decades mm-hmm. where Jesus begins his ministry by spending a little over a month out in the wilderness. Yeah. 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 And, you know, maybe to add to that, you know, many scholars think that between Paul's conversion and his first missionary journey, it may have been as many as 10 years. Um you know, Paul's an impetuous, an impetuous man, um, and he didn't completely get rid of that, right? But it was like, if that's true, then it really is in the Lord's timing because there is often significant growth that, as leaders, we need to do. That it's it's impossible to to lead people well into where you think we all should be unless you are yourself being led by the Spirit, and you're allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit to be transformed in that way, you know, walking the talk. Right. Which yeah. takes time. It, it really does. It's, you know, what, 
we Presbyterians in the tr- Christian tradition call sanctification. It's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives day by day, pruning away what's dying or what's getting in the way and um, having Christ more and more um, speak and act and love through, through us. Absolutely. Shifting things just a little bit, uh, thinking back on larger questions of leadership. I've struggled to know how to lead in the midst of some several very large social upheavals. I think of COVID, police injustice, social protests, civil unrest, even rioting, and very powerful political divisions. Mm-hmm. I wonder what you have seen or what you've learned about leading in the church when you have multiple challenges at hand. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it has forced this question on me and perhaps it will other leaders. And I think it's a good, it's a good question. What are you really expert in? What are you really called to lead with? So there are, you know, there's a a medical crisis in terms of how COVID is shaking out and how it's going to proceed. There are political crises, multiple political crises. Um, There's a deep and a long history of social injustice. And um, there's a sense in which we who lead in churches, we cannot be expert in each of those areas. And our call is not really to speak from those movements to our people um, or from those professions, you know, to sort of pretend to be um, a doctor or, or a politician. And, and when we do, when we're not kind of clear in our own minds about where our area of expertise, our area of calling is, then we miss an opportunity to lead our people from the word of God. And having said that, I believe that when we go deep in the word and we're interceding on behalf of the world to God for answers to these crises, then we can speak a unique word of God into our moment about how do we live in a healthy way in the middle of a medical crisis with good boundaries that honor the fact that we're created, that we're finite, that we're... um, you know, we're exposed to, to danger in this, medical, in this medical crisis. And then how can we speak into and be a part of calls for justice? Um, and how can we turn away from and, and call out injustice? So, um, so that's, that's what I see um, in terms of our unique call to lead during this time. I think the struggle really becomes when... Um, we try to sort of speak beyond our brief kind of our, our calling as, as ministers and leaders of churches. That's very helpful. Uh, it is, I think it is a constant temptation for preachers who have the strange calling to speak for God about once a week. <laughs> we can think we're always talking for God. Right. Absolutely. And we're not. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of the best, messages that I've given are ones where I I don't sense a distinct word from God that I need to speak to our people. 
but I'm simply coming to scripture as someone who, who like our people who are listening, I'm just trying to figure out what it's saying. I'm like, this is what I think God is teaching us in this. And that often is what God uses the most. I found that starting a church was quite an education. And this year uh, feels like, feels like an education as well. <laughs> chance to learn some stuff whether I want to or not. So I wonder, have you learned anything especially new this year or, or perhaps the opposite? Have you seen something confirmed for you this year? I think I was not sold on the idea of social media as an avenue for outreach before COVID. I, I knew that we needed to do it. I didn't know how to do it. And I think there was a sense in which I was kind of waiting to be forced to go into that <laughs> into that arena, that way of doing outreach. And, and then it happened, right? We, we needed to do it. We needed to move worship online. We needed to find ways to do online outreach during the week. And um, as someone who believes in incarnational, missional church planting, you know, in the community. Can I, with can people, I ask you to explain what those words mean? Right, yeah. So, so working in the community with people out among uh, folks inviting people into kind of organic expressions of worship, fellowship together, and not relying on on social media as, as one of those as one of the ways of reaching out to people and building community. Um, I just sort of thought, okay, if I have to do that, I will. But I would much rather prefer, um, you know, getting to know people at my my daughter's school or my son's school or through civic organizations and building relationships kind of over time and friendships where I can then ask if they sense the Lord calling them into our community. Well, all of that got kind of swept off the table, <laughs> um, you know, in late March. And it forced me to take another look at online, online ministry. You know, how do you do it? And, you know, I, I found out something that many other smarter, more faithful people have known for a long time, which is that, um, ministry where church leaders are speaking into a camera can be very incarnational. It can really show people who you are, where you're coming from, um, what your walk with the Lord is like. Of course, there's always a possibility of kind of deception and of putting on a, a good front. But if, if you're also kind of vulnerable in what you're sharing on you know, Facebook Live or YouTube or in worship, um, then you're showing people, I think, the humanity of God and the extent to which people who, who know God and who want you to know God are not perfect. Um, and, and we're not inviting you into perfection or demanding perfection before you come and see. Um, so I'm, I'm a believer now in terms of um, online and social media and how it can be used by us to to reach out to people. I mean, think of, um, I mean, Fred Rogers, right? Mr. Rogers, he knew this, like, you know, a generation, ago, a generation or more ago. And, um, just think about the reaction to the Fred Rogers. I think it was the documentary and the movie that came out, especially during this time where there's, there's so much division and chaos and, you know, uncertainty in the air, that, that sort of calm, kind of gracious presence of Fred Rogers 
um, really spoke to people in, in the documentary and then in the movie. And I think a lot of pastors like you and me and, <laughs> and maybe folks who are listening, kind of ordinary pastors, we have a real opportunity to just get in front of a screen and to be honest and to show people, hey, here's where we're coming from. Let's walk forward together. That's fascinating. It is an obvious connection that I had never made. The idea of looking to someone like Fred, to looking to Fred Rogers and then thinking about how do we do social media? Yeah. Because very little of social media feels like Fred Rogers. Right. It's like the opposite, yeah. you know, and maybe that's, you know, I'm going back to like, what is the unique word that the church has? Maybe that that's the, our prophetic word during this time is to just be a stable, kind of gracious, calm um, influence. Be gentle, for the Lord Jesus Christ is near. Um, I, I think people are, I think people are hungry for that. I think they're looking for that. And it's also interesting to think beyond the church that way. What is that kind of integrity uh, and care for other people uh, in, through visual medium, back and forth, even? How can that be be done? Uh, with grace and mercy outside the church and kindness. Uh, yes. Yeah. It definitely, it has to be modeled. Um, that, that has been, I knew that in, in leadership before coming to work to start a church, but I think what we model is what will sort of set the, it's not set, set the standards, not the right word, but, what we model will offer the opportunity for people to step into the same spiritual space as us. Um, but if we're just talking about it, um, or if we're demanding it from people who we disagree with, um, it just doesn't happen. And that's, that's difficult because I think there's so many, um, what difficult, divided, chaotic things happening in our culture where we want to just say, stop now. Like, why won't they stop now? I don't get it, but that's not going to work. And I think we're seeing that that doesn't work on social media. So really a way forward is, is modeling the kind of people <laughs> we would, we would like to see in the world. Which goes back to that church word you used a few minutes ago, incarnational, incarnational. Yeah. To live out to the ideals and principles of the gospel in our body uh, and in how we act towards other yeah. people. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the new things has been social media. And I think one of the things confirmed for me has been the importance of Sabbath. Um, and the way that I would put that now, and I'm taking this over from um, a guy named Pete Scazzaro, who's was a church planter, now an established church. He's written, whole series on what he calls emotionally healthy leadership and discipleship. And it says that Sabbath is basically practicing the providence of God. It's trusting that my effort just on its own as forward leaning as it can be, or as engaged as it can be, it, it can't accomplish God's purpose ahead of God's timing. And there's a real, pride in believing that I have to be everywhere and engaged all the time and I can't possibly miss out on this day or otherwise the mission will fail, right? So, so having Sabbath time, you know, a day where you're really 
you've powered everything down and you're in the word, but you're also in prayer and you're doing something that you love, you know, like playing video games or listening to music or, you know, going with your family for a hike. Um, the practice of Sabbath, you know, we've all been told it, I think again and again, but that's something that's been confirmed to me during this time. It's like, yeah, that's, I need that. I think we all need that. Sure. You don't actually mean that we should turn our phones off when you say power down, do you? I mean, that's the first thing you should power up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get one of those docking stations, you know. You've, uh, oh, right, that locks up my phone? <laughs> yes, yes, you've, yeah. You've gone from preaching to meddling, friend. <laughs> Let your kids run it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> you've, you've hinted at this for yourself, but I wonder what are some of the biggest shifts you've noticed in leaders that could be leaders in the church or, and I, I suppose, I mean, leaders who are doing good work, uh, but that could be leaders in the church or uh, in the larger society. And what do you think has helped them to make the kind of shifts that have been necessary? I think other, other church leaders, and this goes back to something I, I was saying at the beginning, and that's that we've all, come up against something that you don't see even every generation in terms of a pandemic in terms of a chaotic, I mean, truly chaotic and divided political landscape. Um, we've all come up against that. And I think the shift that we've made is that we're, we're banding together and we're asking one another questions. We're, even if we've got zoom fatigue, um, we're getting together on Zoom calls and trying to figure this thing out and going to God in prayer and interceding on behalf of our people, our state, our nation to God and saying, help us to find a way forward. So I'm, that shift is, that is wonderful because I do think prior to COVID, our default as church leaders, even when it's not intentional, is to think, is to think as business people might think about having your own kind of stake, your own brand. Um, and this has just forced us into an area where, where we drop a lot of that pretense and say, wow, let's all find a way forward. Let's try to understand what God is doing. And let's also look together at best practices and, and share those because um, God is up to something and, and we need to listen and, and live into that new thing, that new way that he's putting in front of us. You've touched on this with, in referring to Scazzaro's book. Uh, I think that it's called the emotionally healthy Christian. He's got a yeah. series. Yeah. It's like emotionally healthy leadership, emotionally healthy discipleship. Um, yes. Yeah. It, yeah. He's fantastic. So I, I wanted to ask you what pr practical suggestions might you have for leaders. And you can think about that as leaders in the church, but also yeah. leading our family and our community, right? subdivision, whatever it might be. I'll take that in a little bit of a different direction from, because I think I've talked about sort of the disciplines of prayer and scripture reading and fellowship and even worship. Um, and I would say developing a system of regular check-in with your people especially your older members who are experiencing this time in a very different way from 
people our age, you know, and in our sort of midlife and, and even a little bit younger, I think our our older members did not, I mean, nobody expected this, um, but they've been led into a time where they are much more under threat than we who are younger are. Um, and on top of it, one of the things that they've come to expect and enjoy, which is to be with their children and their grandchildren, all that was taken away, you know, within the span of a couple of weeks. And so they've spent a lot more time in isolation than is healthy for, for anyone. And so d- developing a system where you're checking in with your members, especially your older ones, and, and I mean kind of putting it in a calendar, <laughs> putting names in a calendar, and working with the deacon's team or, you know, whoever, you know, create a team so that everybody in your orbit, you know, in your church, in your organization is being checked in on once every two weeks, you know, where you're reaching out with a text or a phone call and say, hey, how are you? How can I pray for you? I think that's huge. Um, I think that also goes for your family, you know. Are there places during your day where you can stop and look your your spouse or your children in the eyes and say, how are you? How are you doing? And can you also honestly share kind of how you're doing um, and where you're coming from? I think those are, those are a couple of practical suggestions I'd make. We've got a, this kind of check-in, I think, I think it should be a regular part of church life, whether it was COVID or not, but with no real end in sight, all of us have kind of reached what's called surge capacity. So there's a great article kind of going around. Woman wrote this amazing article about um, interviewing doctors who work with people who are walking through trauma where there's no clear end to the trauma. And what they discovered is that I would say, you know, God has built into us something called surge capacity and for different people, there's a different limit. There's sort of a different time limit on it, but it's basically where our natural kind of resources allow us to rise to a very difficult occasion and to push through it. But even sort of those of us with the strongest surge capacity are reaching, have reached the end of it. Now, you know, was it five, six months into COVID? And so people who are feeling kind of raw and um, just exhausted and anxious and depressed, but it's not clinical, that's what's going on. And so that the onus on us to lead and provide fellowship and reach out with just the human voice and checking in and looking people in the face, I think it's huge because it's, it's a way of saying, I have no idea when this is going to end, but I know that I'm going to be with you um, and I'm going to love you and check in on you. Thank you. That, so the article is about surge capacity. We'll see if we can find that and I'll put it in the show notes more personally that that gives a name to my experience of talking to my siblings a lot more in the last six months than I had done previously. And which has, it's been great for, for us. And uh, we've laughed a lot together. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's been a wonderful part of this. And maybe one quick thing to to go along with that. Um, When your people um, become grumpy for reasons that you cannot understand. <laughs> um, so if you're a church leader and, you know, you're meeting with church members and they're just kind of 
they're grumpy with something that you've suggested that you think, well, this is kind of reasonable. I don't know why, you know, why you're upset in this way. Being able to take a real break and step back and ask yourself in the moment, well, why would this person at this point be upset about this when it doesn't seem like something to be upset about? The kind of non-anxious presence of kind of distancing yourself a little bit from something that's potentially wounding, you know, where you're thinking, well, I'm trying to lead the way through this difficult time. And, you know, you're a little ornery. I've just, I've checked in with so many pastors and everybody has had this experience. And um, I would encourage pastors to, to ask that question and to ask it of God in prayer in that kind of non-anxious way. You know, God will help you to see in that person's life what's contributing to that, that response that seems kind of personal and, you know, like challenging toward your leadership. Um, and, you know, take what's good from it, uh, take what may be true from it, but then also try to understand where that person is coming from and why they might be overreacting or acting in that way. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of that from a lot of different church leaders. I'm sure you, you mentioned the, the old chestnut of pastoral care, the non-anxious presence, being able to just relax for a minute and ask, Hey, what, what else might this, what else might be going on? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. One last question. Um, I wonder if you have a word of encouragement to share with other leaders. God is using this time, this, this strange, difficult time to reveal to us who we are and where we are in our relationship with God and with one another. And there's a lot of difficult stuff that's coming to the surface, not only in society, but I think also in our own lives. And, and if we're open to seeing that, um, God can use that work of revealing in a powerful way because God never just reveals and shows to us who we are and maybe the extent to which we've tried to go on ahead ahead of God or we've walked away from God, even when we're, we believe we're, we're working for God. He never just does that, but also prepares a new way forward. And so in this work of revealing and preparing, um, ask God what in your life needs to go. <laughs> what do you need to get out of your backpack today in order today and tomorrow um, to begin to walk in his joy and in his grace? Um, that's the, the difficult work that I think God is calling us to but it's, it's also a blessed work. Thank you so much, James. That's a good reminder. You bet, buddy. Thank you. Thanks so much to James QB for his time and insight. I was challenged to accept the difficulty of these days as a time to see what I might need to set aside in my life and encouraged to remember the importance of common and ordinary actions in Christian life. I was challenged to accept the difficulty of these days as a time to see what I might need to set aside in my life, and encouraged to remember the importance of the common and ordinary actions of Christian life. Thank you for listening to Leaders Learning. I would love to hear your thoughts on the conversation, and I hope you join me next time. 
Maybe you know someone I should speak with on the Leaders Learning Podcast. Send me an email to leaderslearning2020 at gmail.com. You can catch up on all of our conversations at our website, leaderslearning.net. God bless, and hope to see you soon, one way or another.